Didn't sound like a plastic pistol. Pistol. Pickle. Why can't I say pickle? I don't know. Peter Pepper picked a peck of pickled peppers. How? That's some bullshit. Because you can't pick pickled peppers. You can't pickle it until it's picked. Right. The fuck that dude. Maybe, maybe they meant maybe they meant pickling peppers, like the type of peppers that one would pickle. Yeah, but or that's not what post, they say. Post picking. Assholes. It's like spaghetti growing on trees. Yeah, that shit don't happen. Yay. And anyone believes it, full of shit. Well, you're not full of shit if you believe it. You're full of shit if you like convince people of it. No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm slowly catching up. Like I didn't eat all day, so I came home and like ate a lot. So my blood sugar. So like everything's just my whole brain right now is bananas. B a n a n a s. Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm like trying to hone in on the microphone and say things. Coming slowly into focus. I don't know why, but like everything you're saying is reminding me of a Run DMC lyric. Like when even with the the uh, Peter Piper, Peter Pepper, a Run Rock rhyme. You know, it's like you know Peter Piper from the Raising Hell album, and then. When you said the slowly come in to focus and do about the microphone, and this reminded me of a line where they like, you know, um, got bones of steel and not of stone, and I'm known to rock on this microphone, and I'm also known to be prone to make your mama moan. Oh, oh, crush groove, baby. Oh God, okay. It's a little cooler in here than when I first came in. Like they're starting to catch up, so I guess that's enough. Um, hey James. Hey, Nick. Hey, James. Hey, Nick. James. Nick. Welcome to Dork. Welcome to Dork. I'm Nick Moore. I'm James Brown. And I'm Nick Moore. You're listening to Dork episode 193. 193. Sounds good to me. Oh, yeah. Straight out of Run run DMC. (laughs) It's 193. From you Uh to me. Come on, James. Let me see. My initials are JB. That's what it be. Ha, ha, Um, ha to the he, he, he. No. Um, no, you can do, you just make a rap out of the alphabet. A B C D E F J K L M N O P. Did I miss some? <laughs> you did. You um, did. Did you skip kindergarten? What? I I was um, I was pushed ahead of grade. Yeah, huh? you should have you should have concentrated on your fundamentals. It was, yeah, it was frowned upon. Like it was like you shouldn't move him ahead of grade because uh, he can't read or write. Yeah, I remember. I was um, yeah. That's that's kind of important. Reading and writing. Um, I remember I was misbehaving one day, and so like m- all my peers got a better understanding of the letter W than I did because I got kicked out of class on that day. Well, that's fucked up. It's it's not like I remember shit like this. It's fine. I'm not bitter about it. Okay, Miss Foster. Oh God. Okay, so this is gonna be a rough Bloody Mary, Bloody James. 
I'm going to put a little bit of Louisiana hot sauce in it. Can I kick it up this time? I didn't tell you to put Louisiana hot sauce in it. You can't call yeah. that a. You, you can't complain about your bloody James if it, it doesn't have the James bloody James recipe. I'm not blaming you for it. I'm just saying. But I would put a little bit of hot sauce in it. And I forgot that Louisiana hot sauce doesn't have the little cap. Oh. It just dumps out. The little so perfume I got a, dispenser thing. I got like three tablespoons of Louisiana hot sauce in this fucker. Three tablespoons. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> no wonder you're having issues. But I already put the vodka in it. I can't waste it. I can't go like, well, I'm gonna dump it out. Well, no, you could like, you know, get another uh, fucking um, container and like, you know, have it and like dilute it with the other ingredients. Woo! <laughs> or you could just, you know, drink a bloody James with three fucking tablespoons of hot sauce in it. That's fine. I can't imagine what this is going to do to my blood pressure. I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think so either. I think this is a really bad idea. But I'm doing it. Hot sauce. Admit it. Not, the hot sauce does not generally mellow people out. Nope. Nope. It's going to get interesting over the next 55 minutes or 45, depending on where we go. Um, yeah, things are going to get tense up, up in here. So, James, how was your week? We didn't do anything last week because of scheduling conflicts on both our parts. You had your anniversary. On Tuesday, we did. And I had had a wonderful anniversary. I had opening night of um, Thoroughly Modern Millie Theater on Wednesday, so we couldn't reschedule. That's an exciting one. Yeah, it was youth. It was the youth theater, and um, they did a really good job with it. Those kids are talented as fuck. (laughs) Like it's what's crazy because like all the girls in it, and Millie is a Thoroughly Modern Millie is a female heavy show. A lot of big tap numbers and shit. But so like all the girls in youth theater have been taking dance at the very least dance from like age five, sometimes younger. And they start taking voice lessons at like seven and like, you know, going to these Broadway summer camps. And I mean, just crazy. Like they're really the, the female side of theater is fucking ridiculous competitive. The guys, on the other hand, uh, got roped in for one reason or another. And they're just like, hey, we need guys. You go do this. I got a penis. I can dance. I mean, there's like three or four of them that are on track with the girls with, you know, started taking dance at age five. And But you know those. You can like see them at a distance. You're like, oh, yeah, he's nobody forced him to be here. Um, yeah. Well, because uh, and you can tell the difference because, like in the big ensemble numbers, when they are all dancing together in sequence, uh, all the girls are on point. Like whenever they kick their feet back and forth, they're all timed perfectly. And these, you know, these are girls from the ages of like eleven to seventeen. All right, and they're all bam, bam, bam. Like just they've got all the moves down perfect. And they're on all point. The, all the guys, except like three of them, uh, are about a second behind. And they're always catching up, and they're not getting the spins right. So it's fun to watch those those shows, just to be like, "Wow, these yeah. are some very talented girls, and some very unfortunate boys that I guess better catch up." Like that's how I got into it. Carol auditioned, and they needed guys, and they're like, "Hey, you you need to audition too." And then all of a sudden, I'm in theater. I was wondering if you meant the play that it, the play particularly, or like theater in general. Like theater in general, yeah. Um, because I mean, I dig it. I don't mind being on stage. 
I mean, everybody wants, I think everybody somewhere inside of them wants to be an actor. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun time. Yeah. For some people, you um, know, some, some people, people it's horrifying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, people don't like public performance or anything. I don't know about singing and dancing particularly, but you know, they always talk about like public fear, public speaking being higher on the fears of people than dying. Yeah. And it's not like you know people aren't afraid of dying. It's just people don't think about dying. Like the uh, the opportunity to speak in public probably comes up a lot more often than people you know offer. James. Yes. Oh, you, you your voice disappeared. I just assumed you were talking. I was and talking. I, and I Am lost I, you. I thought I'd lost you, boy. Sorry, I had an Indiana Jones moment. So it's a it's kind of an unusual time right now, as in like these certain minutes, because usually when I'm yes, usually when I'm recording this, I'm like alone in our office and the doors closed. And if Jane is here, then she's you know in some other room doing some other work and stuff. Uh -huh. But uh, she's working at her desk right now, which is in the room. So, oh, cool. Well, let's talk about our dicks. <laughs> I already mentioned my penis, so we don't have to do that. Ah, let's talk about mine. There's, so, yours, is, yours hooks to the left. It's not a big it, deal. It does. So, Saturday was my birthday. It was. I meant to actually text you, but I only sent you a Facebook message. That counts. Why, why would I expect more from you than anyone else that I know? <sighs> But no, uh, so Saturday was my birthday, but like Carol had an audition at like 11.30 and then there was a show that night that was bartending. Anything. So this Saturday, we're going to celebrate my birthday. I don't know what we're going to do, but it will be illicit. Oh, that's you know, exciting. There'll be shameful things. I'm going to make the baby Jesus cry. <laughs> For some reason, your voice sounded exactly like Nathan Fillion when you said that. And it might be just because I just watched uh, Waitress and he's, you know, he's, he's on my mind. But when you said that particular phrase, it's not like I've ever heard him say that, but that sounded like Nathan Fillion to me. What? I'm going to make the baby Jesus cry? Yes, I'm going to make the baby Jesus cry. I'm going to make the baby Jesus cry. Because um... you, you can see his character saying that on Firefly. It's like, Mal, what are you doing? I'm going to make the baby Jesus cry. I aim to misbehave. Take my land. Take my land. Take my gun. <laughs> take my car. Take my wallet. Just leave my credit cards and my license. It's, I mean, come on. Don't flip me over, man. Like, no. you're getting the car. Just, yeah, just give me my license. And, you know, like, just here, take the cash, the credit card. I'm going to cancel the credit cards anyway. Like, as soon as yeah, you we, get away, so why waste it? Yeah, we both know that. Yeah. Just take the cash. Okay, go away. Shoo. Shoo. Don't look at me like that. Go away. You keep looking at me, it's more time to memorize your face. Damn it. Um, so, so, yes, you're going to so, do some illicit stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what, but Carol has ideas, so shit. Um, so I got a phone call this morning. Oh. Uh, oh, from oh. the friend of mine in talent acquisition, uh -huh. who helped me through this whole job process. Yeah, 
You'll notice I didn't say that the system director called me. No. Um, so it went to the other candidate. Oh. Um, however, the system director wants me to work for her. She's like, I want, I want him. She like, she went and found my, you know, my buddy over at Town Acquisitions, and she was like, look, um, it's going to the other candidate, but I want him to work in my department. Um, I don't have an opening right now, but I want him for. And she gave her a specific position that she wants to be hired for. So, in the what? meantime, okay, um, I am going to find another job at the same company, which is massive and has currently has hundreds of openings. And this is via the direction of, of my buddy. She's like, look, go find a job elsewhere in the company, and then we'll just switch you over when the time comes. When the so, time comes. Do we know when the time will come? Could be next week. Could be six months from now. Mm, okay. So that's what she's well, saying. Let's go ahead and do this if you're cool with it, and we can get you in the system and get all this stuff right. So It's something. It is something. Uh, it's not like horrifying where I'm just like, ah, no. Because I didn't feel like I wasted my time there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Take another direction. How do you feel about that? That's fine. Okay. Like, ideally, I would have gotten this other job. But at the same time, uh, the points that the lady brought up, she's like, well, the other candidate had 20 years experience doing this job. Uh, and you are fun. <laughs> <laughs> like I had all the qualifications for the job, I just didn't have the experience doing that specific job. Yeah. Uh, she's like, so uh, we'll see about you know networking with other people in the field and kind of slowly building my that network for me, yeah, and my my uh, knowledge base. Yeah, what my, so, my grandfather would call trickolating. Trickolate. Yeah, not matriculating, just trickolating. Yeah, it's more like, um, like we want you to understand, we, like we want you to become a vice cop. So you need to hang around hookers for a little while. Oh yeah, I could do, I could do that. Yeah, it's like, kind of like that. Um, but sometimes you're in that position, and afterward the girl is like, "Okay, that'll be a hundred dollars," and I'm like, "Wait, what? Huh, mom? So what is the scariest thing you've ever seen in person?" <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, what is the scariest thing I've ever seen in person? Yeah. Like, we were just like, oh my God. And it could be like, you know, it could be something unexplained. Or it could be like a guy running at you with a gun. Or it could be uh, flying sharks. I don't know. I mean, like, I've been in situations that were scary. I mean, like, cars. In and of themselves, are not scary, but in certain situations, you can be scared by them. But it's not the car itself that's scaring you; it's just the fact that it's moving toward you at eighty miles an hour, and you don't think you have enough time to get out of the way, or you don't think the driver that, of the vehicle that you're in has enough time to react to it. Um, I mean, I've I've been in situations where my life felt threatened. But like I've never seen anything that's been like I can't explain what that is. It's not, it's like, or you know, or like I couldn't after like a couple of seconds, where it's like, oh, it looks like there's a monster over there, and I'm scared. Oh wait, it's just you know, a piece of cotton and you know a bush, or something like that. Um, I can't think of anything that was like 
you know, outright, like this made me fear. There are things that I've found like very disgusting, but fear and disgust are not, you know, those are like two different feelings. Mm. Mm. I was thinking about it earlier, uh, like last week. I was like, what is this? Like the scariest thing? Because usually um, when I'm out shopping or I'm driving around, I'm listening to podcasts or books on tape. And I'm a fan of Laird Barron. So whenever a new collection of his stories comes out, I immediately pick it up. Laird Barron, if you're not familiar with him, writes about a lot of Lovecraftian themes. Except he's a modern writer. Right. Um, but he, he does very well in the classical style. Um, and he does he does a lot of stories where like you don't know what's going on. Uh, and that's why it's fucking horrifying. Yeah. Because he doesn't bother to explain. Like he does stuff with like elder gods and shit. Um, and they don't explain themselves. And they don't have to. And that's fucking horrifying. Because they're like they don't give a shit about us. He just makes you think about that, you know, like, you know, how, how tiny human beings are in relation to the universe. I'm like, we think of everything on our scale and that's not even Why? Yeah. Why, why, why is that? Why are we the scale of the universe? Because we're area. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a, a short story I read about a guy who's teaching his he's an astronomer and he's teaching his daughter how to use a telescope and she's like six uh and she's kind of a uh ast astronomical prodigy and she discovers a new star and he's like what? that's amazing and so he sends it into his buddies and then they send him back an email where they're just like screaming they're just like oh no we're fucked and so they look at it and what it is is it's like it's like elder gods coming towards earth like towards our solar system and they're the size of planets and they're just devouring everything in their way and they're just like yeah there's nothing we can do like they're 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 going to eat every planet in between us and 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 them and then they get to us and like that's it there's no there's nothing we can do and like there's no point in telling anyone about this because they're going to notice soon when the sky is full of yeah. eldritch horror yeah. And getting bigger every day. Like, can you imagine the sky filled with something that's not even close to getting here? Yeah. You know, you can't explain it, but it's just like that's the whole sky now. Like on the other side of the sun, I guess. But that's how big it is. Like the like that kind of shit. That fucks with me. I'm not even high right now. I'm not even drunk because I can't pound this because it's full of Louisiana hot sauce, as I previously explained. But yeah, I don't know. Oh. what? That's disturbing. Disturb yeah, well, the hot sauce isn't disturbing, but the story would be. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. So they found liquid water on the moon. On the moon. Yeah. I'm sorry, not liquid water. Water ice, I think. Either water ice or liquid water, but I think water ice makes more sense. Yeah, probably water ice. Uh, on the uh, 
uh, South Pole, I think, in the craters where uh, sun never hits it. And like, it's not, you know, it's not the purest of water. Filtering it would be a bitch, but it does hold promise for permanent colonies. Like, if you can store water without having to worry about it getting burnt off easily, yeah. Well, that's a huge hurdle past. Didn't they find like a big cave on the moon also? Yeah, it was full of dildos. Um, it turns out that like that's where the aliens have been stashing their sex toys uh -huh. from, their, from their parents. Uh, and we just busted them. So. That must be embarrassing to like, you know, be like busted by your parents because of some like quote unquote lower life form. Right? It's like yeah. your dog running out of into the hall with your sex toy in his mouth. A story which I've heard someone tell. Uh, in fact, there was an America's Funny Tone videos where a dog, a lab, comes running out of a bedroom with a big old floppy dildo in its mouth. Because <laughs> they had to blur it out. <laughs> and they're all like, going, no! No! Teddy! Teddy, put it down! No! Oh, that was like that scene in... Um the movie Parenthood with um, Steve Martin and Jason Robards and Tom Hulse and all those people. Weird cast. Like, the lights go out and like Steve Martin's like looking for a flashlight. <laughs> yes. And he like clicks it and he's like, and then the lights come back on and he's holding a dildo and he's like, ah. Life is so awkward. That seemed to be the theme of that whole movie. Yeah. Rick Moranis, that too. Who? Rick Moranis. Oh yeah. It was like a bunch of people, like Heather Plimpton and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Um, I want to say Diane Weiss also. But anyway, yeah, it's a weird flick. It's yeah. like not really a comedy, but like kind of a comedy. Yeah, it had funny moments. Yeah. And I would, well, I was about to say it's a lighthearted movie, but it's not even like really a lighthearted movie. Uh, -uh. it's like batteries not included. Oh yeah, that was heartbreaking. Right, where it's just like it advertises itself as one thing, and it's not that thing. You're just like, what the fuck? That's Parenthood. Yeah. Like, I because I remember specifically the relationship between Tom Hulse and Jason Robards. Like Tom Hulse is like. I don't remember if he's like an alcoholic or a gambling addict or what, but he's like compulsive about something. And he's like, you know, stealing stuff and selling it. And um, at one point, he, you know, Jason Robart's car like disappears. Jason, Jason Robart's is his, his father, like Thomas Hulse's father. And, um, you know, he like disappears with it. And the guy's like really mad. And he comes back and he's like, oh, yeah, I just, I was just getting it appraised. You know, in order to get that properly, I need the title. So can I borrow the title so I can get it appraised? And he's like, I am not a schmuck. Uh, specifically. Ron Howard movie. He, oh, he directed it? Yeah. Yeah. What a weird fucking... Nominated for two Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actress for Diane Weist and Randy Newman for Best Song for I Love to See You Smile. Oh. I Love to See You Smile? Like, don't want to be too far from wherever you are. Oh, I love to see you smile. That one, yeah. Yeah, huh. I didn't realize that that was original to that movie because that's I came across that song because it was on the uh, the first Simpsons like musical album. The Simpsons sing the blues. Yeah, Simpsons sing the blues. Yeah, yeah. 
like a sink without a faucet. Like a watch without a dial. What would I do? <laughs> I love to see you smile. I mean that sincerely, Homer. I know. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, let's see. He has gambling debts. Gambling debts, yeah. Yes. 89. And he keeps popping up in these uh, which quick schemes. Yeah, it. Uh, it's, Joaquin Phoenix is in it. Um, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Huh. Is Gary. I was like, well, when you said that, I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. It wasn't Keanu Reeves. It was, but then I was like, no. No, Keanu Reeves is in it. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is in it. He and like Martha Plimpton are like boyfriend, girlfriend. Mary Steenburgen. That's who I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, Keanu Reeves knocks up uh, Martha Plimpton. Martha Plimpton. Um, and their mom gets her pictures from the film place, which is something that no kid ever, ever would have to go through again. Yeah. Uh, well, King Phoenix plays the kid who is like, so if you've never seen Parenthood, like I, I know we're kind of like wandering around here, like going, ah, ah, yeah, if you've never seen Parenthood, it came out in 1989. It stars Steve Martin as he's like a salesman or some shit. Um, he, so he's doing okay money-wise, but like he's got three kids. He finds out that his older boy has emotional issues um, and he needs therapy and that um, his oldest daughter who is played by uh, Martha Plimpton. Mm -hmm. uh, she gets knocked up by Keanu Reeves. Um, his youngest kid, or the middle, the, I'm sorry, the youngest one is the one, the youngest son is the one with the emotional problems. The older son, uh, his he keeps leaving the house. He's not really, he doesn't talk a lot with, um, sorry, he doesn't talk a lot with his parents. He's like in that sullen, you know, state that kids get in when they're in middle school, high school. He leaves the house with a, this brown paper bag under his arm and he locks his, he's got a, a padlock on his door to his bedroom and all this shit. Turns out he's, it's the bag's full of porn. And like he's, he's watching porn with his friends. Um, again, not a problem that kids are going to have nowadays where they got to sneak out of the house with VHS tapes to watch somewhere. Um, it's true. But like, it's, it's just Steve Martin, who's a funny guy in a, not a comedy. Like he does, there's some, Steve Martin shit in it, but it's mostly him and his life, like as a troubled parent. His wife gets pregnant, and she's like in her late forties, I think. Yeah, maybe early forties. I don't know. And they're like, "What the fuck?" But like, yeah, it's a I don't know. It's an odd movie. Um, and it's like it's basically the blueprint of the parent series that came out um, a few years ago with Craig T. Uh, Lauren Graham and all those people. It wasn't, I mean, it's not like exactly the same family because I think instead of the Buckmans, which it was in the movie, it was like the Bravermans or something like that. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of shit there that you uh, work with. Um, yeah. like, it's 1989. I, like the movie Steve Martin did before that was like Three Amigos or Roxanne or some shit. Like, it, he didn't. He didn't like slip into it like it was a warm bath. It's Steve Martin, and you're like, "Oh, Steve Martin. He's a funny man." Yeah, and like um, he a little bit of funny shit, but yeah, like you said, it's like mostly like 
drama, dramatic shit. Yeah, it's a lot of like, oh, uh, that's like this is uncomfortable to watch. You know, like I watched it. I remember watching it with my parents. Like, um, oh, like they rented it, and I was like, oh, cool, Steve Martin, and they had seen it. <laughs> And they're like, oh, yeah, you'll enjoy that. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, we'll watch this. And it's just like, oh, shit. Like, yeah. I mean, he had done, like, right before that was Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah. And then, like, right before that was Plane Trains and Automobiles, Roxanne, Little Shop of Horrors, Three Amigos. Like, none of he had done nothing to warrant this shit. Yeah. You don't see this coming. Like, after it, he did My Blue Heaven, which is funny. But, like, and it has its moments, but it's nothing like. Yeah. <laughs> like he went back to doing the shit he's supposed to be doing. Like he did uh, <laughs> a couple years later is when he did uh, Leap of Faith. Did you see that one? I did not. I've never seen that movie. So Leap of Faith, he plays a he's a revival preacher. Yeah. I knew like, he, a faith, like a faith healer. I knew he was like some kind of evangelist type guy. Yeah. Except the way he's he's not religious you know he's not like a he doesn't buy into any of this shit he's strictly a con man and he does it because he knows the odds he's a con man yeah it opens with his his uh bus his tour bus getting pulled over by a cop and he gets out and he ends up sitting in the he goes to sit down in the cop the car with the cop and he like can like rattle off the guy's um like his wife's name and you know his how he, he fell from the church and now he's come back and he, he teaches his daughter violin and all this stuff. And like really coming across like, oh God, this guy knows all this stuff about me. And the cop starts crying and lets him go. He's like, thank you. It's uh. like, well, you come to the meeting. And it turns out he's just playing the odds. He's like, you know, so he had a rosary hanging up on his window. So he's Catholic. His name is uh, William. He's in his late 40s. Most likely he's married to a Catherine. Like he, he just knew the odds. He knew prob the probability of all this shit. And so he knew he, he figured out their daughter's name right. He saw a violin in the car, and like just put all this shit together, and just owns it. And it's just him scamming people. And it's like, uh, like I don't, as, as I recall, he doesn't like turn for the better. Like he doesn't like walk out of it a changed man, but he does help the town. Like he does a scheme where they've got this big, this is a big crucifix behind the pulpit, and he like makes it cry. Like paints tears on it, so they're like, "Oh, it's a miracle!" It's, it's crying, so like reporters from all over the world come and all this shit, and he makes a ton of money, but then he uses it to like help a kid. So, uh, so it's all worth it. Yeah, like, you know, understandable. It's forgivable. He's a good guy after all. Yeah. Speaking of turns, did you see the news in the past couple hours? In the past couple of hours. Yeah. With uh. Michael Cohen or Paul Manafort? Both. Okay. I've, I've glanced at my phone when it gave me headlines is what's happened so far. Yeah, basically, Michael Cohen, uh, former lawyer for Donald Trump, which it's a large group of former lawyers of uh, our president. Yeah, it shouldn't be larger if, if, if you, I mean, if he has any sense and actually pays attention to what fucking Rudy Giuliani is saying. Yes. And, <laughs> But yeah, it was kind of a leap. Anyhow, but yeah, he basically pulled a plea deal and was like, "Yes, 
I I committed federal crimes at the direction of the president of the United States. It's kind of a big deal. A little bit. Yeah. A little, little bit. Um, I so, would, yeah, that happened. It's a very big deal. Now, you could go, well, he wasn't the president at the time. Yeah, but... That's true. But he still committed federal crimes at the direction of Donald Trump. So that's that's going to be interesting coming up. We'll just see where that goes. If anything happens with that. I don't know. Maybe Mueller will be like, that's all I wanted. I'm good. I feel like justice has been served. I got Michael Cohen. He was the big fish in this, obviously. You've seen how he purports himself. Yeah. Right, right, right. But probably not. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing not. No. Um, right. We'll see. Yeah. Like, so, times where, like, you know, I thought that everything was going to come down. I was like, oh, we've exposed this, you know, fact about the Trump administration. Everything's going to come down now. Oh, no, no, no. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. There's, there's months more. Months. At, at least. Uh, but this is like, it, we're getting to the part where the big things start happening where like to, you know, to distract attention, Trump will go, okay, yes. So I totally paid stormy Daniels off and I had an affair with her. I admit to that. My bad. Because what is coming out that day is so much worse that he's like, look over here. Look, how, how about if I just whip my cock out uh, right here in the Oval Office? Look at it. Look at it. Do not watch the news. Look at my dick. Look at it. Okay, Mr. Small Hands. What? Is that okay, Mr. Small Hands? Oh, yeah. Look how big it makes it look. Yeah. My tiny hands. I try to do a Trump, but I can't do a Trump. My, my Trump. Imitations. Actually, every time I do a Trump, it sounds like JFK. Huge. We're gonna be huge. Yeah, and he's not from Boston. He's not from Massachusetts. Ah, he's from New York. No. All the way. Of course, George W. was from Connecticut, and uh, he sounded like he was um, from Texas, but like that was on purpose. Yeah, like it was an affectation. In real life, in real life, he was a uh, cheerleader at Yale. So. Yeah, he didn't talk like this. <laughs> Which you can tell because if you listen to um, his brother talk, his brother is like, wait, George is president? Like, it's not... No. No. Anyhow. Um... But even he, you know, we longing. I'm longing for George W. Bush. <laughs> like, yeah. George W. Bush was just an idiot. Like he he got the job and was just like, "All right, I want to improve education." What what do you mean we're going to war? Oh shit! <laughs> like he didn't want it. He he said it several times. I'm not a wartime president. I never told you I was. We weren't at war when I got elected. Shit. Yeah, he just he didn't want the gig. He didn't want that part of the gig. He just wanted the job. Say he had it, and then shit went down. He's like, "Oh fuck!" And even now, now he's almost charming. Like, did you hear about what he said after uh, 
Trump's inauguration speech? No. He, he turned to whoever it was next to him, and there was like somebody, like they get, it got caught on mic. But he, he uh, turned to whoever it was next to him, and he's like, that was some weird shit. <laughs> and you're just like, well, that's precious. Well, we do miss you, George. We do. Back when things are simpler. Back when Rage Against the Machine could just be mad about the election. Yeah. Not having a choice. It's going to be George Bush or Al Gore. And right now, I'd be fine with either one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to go so far as to say at this point, I'd be fine with a Ted Cruz. Uh, that wouldn't be. But um, at least, you know, he just has a, he's got a clear, awful agenda. It's not just like you're going to wake up and you don't know what the fuck is going to happen. Yeah. Did you, do you watch John Oliver? I do not. Um, it's one of those things that like, I don't know if I, one, I don't know where it is. He's on HBO, right? Yeah. Yeah. So no, I don't. Oh yeah. I mean, if you don't have HBO or you don't have HBO Net go or HBO now or whatever the online thing is called. I, we just haven't made a habit of watching it. I've got HBO, but here's here's how that works. So we watch all of our stuff through my PlayStation. Uh-huh. Um, and my HBO account is on my Xbox 360. So I literally have to just turn off my PlayStation and turn on my Xbox and then switch it over. It would take like five seconds. And I God, I don't have the energy. Hey, Zeus Marimba. Hey, uh, did you watch BattleBots? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it was a good, uh, it's a good weekend. Yeah. Um. But before we get into it, I would like to say fuck you to Google Play. Um. They fucked you over again? Huh? Did they fuck you over again? Well, I mean, they they're still fucking me over. They're not they're not updating shit or like, and I'm not the only one that's having this issue. Like, you know, the first ten episodes of the season, fine. They go into a little mid season break. They come back. You know, season or episode eleven airs on Discovery, and like I'm supposed to have it the next day, and it's not there. And episode 12 comes out, and it's not there. So I wind up fucking buying them on Amazon so I can watch them. No, dude, YouTube. Yeah, the YouTube ones weren't as good. Not the ones I found. Anyway. Mm -hmm. But anyway, but, but like even now, there's only, um, like episode 12 came up after a couple of weeks, and then like 11 came up, but 13 still not available as of this afternoon. I would complain. I would write a very stern letter. I fucking complained. They were like, I don't know if it was like a robot answered or whatever, and it was, or it was like an email. But like, you know, and they said like, I'm sorry, we cannot give you a refund. I'm like, I don't want a fucking refund. So I, I found another, you know, contact for them. I haven't heard back, but I'm not very happy. And according to the reviews and like, you know, and it's not just, it's not just battle bots and it's not just, you know, um, but like, you know, buying a television season as it airs has been an issue with some other people through Google. So, this is only the, my second experience doing that. Um, this is my first one with Google. Like I think I did it with Apple before, and it was it was fine. So whatever the fuck, man, shit. Well, you know, I I do it with uh, Amazon, and so far nothing major. Um, but I mean, this is a very specific complaint. I have dozens of movies on Google Play. And I have not had in not I have not had any problem with them. It's only this like television thing where you don't buy the season that's already complete where you have to like wait for each edition. But you know. 
still, it's whatever year it is. They, sh they should be able to deal with this. What year is it? 2018. Is it? Shit. Huh. Yeah, BattleBots. It's good. It was good. And we'll, I want to start with the with the uh, main event, which wasn't the best fight, which is Minotaur versus uh, Blacksmith. Blacksmith, I thought, like, Blacksmith wanted vengeance because he got destroyed two years ago, and rightfully so. Yeah, I, was, I didn't realize that 100 million people had seen that fight. Well, the population of Brazil is 236 million. Okay. Are you saying that everybody in Brazil, like, you know, came up and, like, watched the thing? Can you hear that? Yeah. What the fuck okay. was that? There's some car outside my house. Um, there's a steel plate at the intersection. It's, like, maybe, like, six feet by eight feet. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it covers. I don't know what's it, but, like, it makes a lot of squealing noises, although that one was a little bit more squealy than usual. Oh. Sound like a ghost. Anyway, no, I'm saying half the population of Brazil watched it. Once. Well, I mean, they might, well, yeah, or like they all like you know went over to their buddy's house and like you know watched it. So like it's you know three or four people watching. Yeah, but I also think that like it was the it was the American debut of Minotaur, and people were like, "Holy shit, this is going to be the Tombstone Killer!" Like that's I I guarantee that's what everyone was thinking. I mean, it was also a really fucking good fight. <laughs> but it just tore them to pieces. I know, but the funny thing it was like Blacksmith like kept going like for the longest time. I mean, he wound up like bursting into flame, but like not after. You know, Minotaur was forced to like you know take him apart piece by piece by piece by piece by piece. Yeah, and he lasted this time. He did. Like it was a decent fight. Like the dude totally got his his respect back out of that. Like he should have gotten just destroyed. He didn't. Bam. Yeah, and like the Minotaur guy was like afterwards, like yeah, he's a, a tough robot now. Shit, you know. Oh, my wife is absolutely charmed by those guys. The like, oh, he's so sweet. He's so nice. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think they, they knew that that's what the guy was looking for. And if, if you're a good sportsman, then like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, that was, that was a good fight. I mean, we didn't, we, we were never in doubt about whether or not we were going to win, but it was a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine uh, Ray Billy Bad, whatever his fucking name is, like the Tombstone guy, I like saying that. No, because he's a dickhead. He's a dickhead. Like, in a perfect world, his own robot would chop him off at the legs. <laughs> Or he'll be fucking with the shop, and it'll start up, and it'll like break his hands or cleave his face in half, something like that. Yeah, something just awful, painful, and 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 you know, maybe not debilitating, but to where he can't pilot a robot anymore, and his son takes over, and his son just sucks. <laughs> and so he's got to sit there at every fight in a wheelchair, like yeah. that he drives with his tongue, but he can't work on because his body's destroyed. Yeah, so it like it operates poorly. And he's trapped in it in his own little hell, and he's got to watch his son lose every every week. And he's like, oh, 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 all mad, but he can't do anything. And they drive himself into traffic with his tongue. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, what do you think of the Red Devil fight? Uh, I'm glad Red Devil lost. Red Devil because did yeah, like his fucking tread like went off by itself. Yeah. Oh god, that was awesome. It was fantastic. Um, but I think it's a dumb robot. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I I will never root for Red Devil in the, in a vacuum. It's just like, oh wow. Well, yeah. Like, there's any any robot that has a thing on a 
reciprocating arm. Like, yeah, you're over. You're making things too complicated. Here. Yeah, that's that's a no. You're never gonna make a hammer powerful enough to do damage to another bot. If you if it does, it's gonna be sheer luck. Um, you're never gonna make a saw powerful enough to cut through another robot. I don't know what the fuck you're thinking. Even the ones that have like the there's like one that had a saw from uh, like one of those firemen emergency saws. That was its saw, and it's not enough. You're going up against armored death bots that that are like, okay, what kind of saw could this hold off? Like they're that what they're thinking when they're building it. Yeah, seriously. Like you gotta you gotta put a little more thought into the shit. Yeah, we'll make fire come out of it. What? Come on, come on, come on, man. Ah. But yeah, Valkyrie and Red Devil. That was just like this is only the second time I've seen Valkyrie fight, and I was just rooting the hell out for you know rooting for her. Like, well, I like a robot. It's it's two wheel drive. Okay, so simple controls. And it works upside down or right side up. And if you if you were uh, you know your your spinning blade is too low, you just flip it over. You flip it over. Yeah. And now you got a little height on it. Like it's a great design. It's got a little wedge on it. Like it's fantastic. Like I totally root for that chick. She designed a great bot. Yeah, I did enjoy. I mean, there's one thing about you know ones that um, that spin like that or have like a heavy spinner that's a significant proportion of their um, robots weight mm -hmm. like when they get like off kilter they like they they go mad like when she was in the um, the desperado tournament and like a piece of her um, a piece oh of yeah started flipping all over the place like flipping all over the place and it was just like a like it was possessed by the devil but yeah that, it's like when you throw a brick into a dryer yeah exactly what else uh, there? um Oh, what was the one that got flipped out of the ring? That was fucking Bombshell again. Yeah. It was fighting Bite Force. Yeah, and that was a good one. That was an excellent one. I I was so mad at Bombshell um, for a lot of reasons over the past few years. Because um, it was like, oh, it's like you know a modular bot, so it can do this and do this. And like it gets all the way to the finals to fight Tombstone in 2016. And he's like, oh, instead of doing the thing that I, you know, I beat Minotaur with in these other ones, I'm gonna like change and like do this unproven design against the most dangerous robot in the in BattleBots. Now's the time to try something new. Yeah, no. And he got fucking torn apart, and he fucking deserved it. The guy's he's a brilliant designer, but apparently fucking stupid. So, oh. um, so I, I'm glad that he's like sticking to like one primary design this year. Uh, yeah, work it. But like, yeah, he got flipped out of the ring by Bronco a couple of weeks ago or a few weeks ago, and then when he fought Bite Force, Bite Force was—I think Bite Force was making a statement. It's like, I want to see if I can flip this motherfucker out of the ring. And he did right into the corner. <laughs> it's gorgeous. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. That's beautiful. So Carol's got rehearsal. Okay, fine. Bye. No, 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 no. She's got rehearsal. Like. For <laughs> She's rehearsing uh, Little Trouble Horrors, and then she's going to be rehearsing for Rocky Horror Show. Oh, I thought you were like Rocky, like Balboa. No. Um, so I'm finally getting caught up on the Marvel uh, Netflix series. Oh, yeah? Which one are you watching? You watching Luke Cage, too? No, I'm finishing Daredevil right now. 
the second second uh, season of Daredevil. Second season. Then yeah. I can finish. Then I can finish Luke Cage. Then I can watch Iron Fist. Then I can watch the Defenders. Don't hurry watching Iron Fist. <laughs> and then, and then I can watch uh, Jessica Jones two, and then Luke Cage two. And then I should be caught up, right? Have you got the Defenders? Yeah, Defenders is after Luke Cage. Okay, cool. So yeah. like I've got like three episodes left of Daredevil, and then I think six episodes of Luke Cage. Did you say Punisher? No. Yeah. But I'd be throw that in there too. Yeah. Punisher's actually decent. Dude. I enjoyed it. I just finished the episode where he gets he has he had the trial of the Punisher. Yeah. And uh the end of it he meets Wilson Fisk and I was like, Oh my god. Because <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I don't know how stupid I was. Or like my head just isn't in the space, you know? Yeah. Like I didn't know what was going on. And I got really taken in by all the shit with the hand. Yeah. You know, fighting ninjas and stuff. And I'm just like, ah, this is awesome. It's not about him being a whiny lawyer. Oh, there it is. There's the whiny lawyer shit. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Kingpin. And I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> That's so cool. Like, I fucking love Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah, me too. Like, thank you, sir, for your work. Seriously. You don't have to do that shit. He can go off and do whatever he wants. But he's like, I'm going to use my fantastic acting abilities to do a original spin on the Kingpin that's not you know something that makes him really fucking fascinating and he's just gonna pop in god bless him thank you Vincent D'Onofrio I know you're a listener <laughs> thank you thank you Vincent D'Onofrio um, if you ever listen to a podcast called uh, Denzel Washington is the best best actor of all time period uh -huh. they do an episode because Denzel was in a movie he was in uh, The Magnificent Seven with Vincent D'Onofrio and mm -hmm. they have Vincent D'Onofrio on for an episode, like, and they just like it's basically like an hour and a half interview, and it's really cool. And I would, if you're a fan of Vincent D'Onofrio, I would suggest you check that out. All right, hold on. <clears throat> Let's see. Da, 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 da. Ba, 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 ba. Gotta have that funk. So ah. Denzel Washington is the best actor of all time. Period. Uh, w. Kamau Bell. W. Kamau Bell. Let's see. <laughs> I don't think they've had a recent uh, an episode recently. I think they've, unless my podcast app is like. Uh, no, the last one was April sixth, two thousand sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess well, he's he's also got that series he's been doing for like CNN. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not uh, stand up specials and shit. This particular thing hasn't been updated. Yeah. Uh, oh fuck this they put all their old episodes onto Stitcher are they not on Apple they've got like the last five it, dude fucking Smodcast did this shit uh, Smodcast they, they put all their archives onto Stitcher Premium that's behind a fucking paywall I've been listening to that show for over a decade and like I had favorite episodes and shit. Like thankfully I've got like sixty of my favorite episodes all on my old iPhone. So as long as I don't like update it, they'll stay on there. Yeah. But like, oh, I was so pissed. It's like, mother fuck you. Oh, I did get rid of it. Oh shit. All right. I'll find it. I'll find it somewhere. But it's 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 worth listening to. There's a there's a little anecdote he tells, like, you know, near the end of the recording or near the end of uh filming. Um, Magnificent Seven. 
they're all on their horses and you know they're like in one place and like Denzel comes up and on his horse and Vincent Darfield like announces to everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Denzel Washington, uh, one of the greatest actors in American history. And Denzel's like, only American history? Anyway, it's funny. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, speaking of Little Shop of Horrors, right. on my birthday, which is the August 28th, one of the theaters here in town is going to be showing Little Shop of Horrors as a sing-along. So they're going to have like the lyrics and everything across the bottom of the screen. As oh, a, that sounds like fun. Yeah. So that, that's what I'll be doing on the day. Well, that'd be a good time. Yeah, should be fun. I don't really care if anybody else has fun. As long as I have fun, that's what matters. Of course, that's my, that's how I feel pretty much every day, be it my birthday or not. Oh, all right, dude. All right, bro. Well, I have to go get some water. Go get some water. Don't um, don't get killed by fucking a bloody James. I did. I did finish it, but I'm proud of you. My insides feel like they want to be my outsides. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get some water. Um and with that, I'm Nick Moore. I'm James Brown. I'm Nick Moore, you have been dorked. It is true. Thou hast been dorked. Yeah. See you next week, folks. Next week. Yeah. Oh, so spicy. Uh something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe more. Very spicy. Every, I've I've got my Google on my phone. Like I t I told it what I'm interested in, and like every day it gives me like some story about the Avengers, the next Avengers movie, and all this other stuff. And I was like, oh well, shit. There's like lots of possible spoilers, but no like real information, basically. Um, although uh, I think we talked about Black Panther's uh, like box office total. It actually, yeah, yeah, it actually did cross the seven hundred million dollar mark. Look at that shit. Hey, hey, hey. So I think like only like three movies have ever done that. Um, so it's like Titanic oh, and Passion of the Christ? Yeah, Titanic and Passion of the Christ. <laughs> Do you know what you know what movie knocked Passion of the Christ out of the number one spot uh, back in nineteen or sorry, two thousand four? No what? A Hellboy, oddly enough. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Later, yeah. James. All right, later, Nick. <laughs>